0: Okay, guys, welcome to another episode of Step Back Sisterhood. I am so happy to be back with my sisters. I have moved to Philadelphia, and I took a job in New Jersey, and my sisters have been supportive of me and this new East Coast life that I'm living, so me and Janelle are on the same time schedule now. I do still support the Oklahoma City Thunder, guys. Don't worry. I'll always be a Thunder fan, but I will talk about the 76ers more. I hope that's okay with you guys, (laughs) because... I really don't have a choice at this point because that's kind of jammed down my throat. We will talk about the 76ers. But first, with my lovely sisters, we want to talk about Rachel Nichols and ESPN finally deciding to part ways with Rachel Nichols and a writer that has something to say about it. Brittany, would you like to start us off?
1: Yeah, so I think You know, this is a couple, well, about a week and a half old, but it's still worth talking about since we've been um, away for a bit. But Rachel Nichols has been, um, you know, off of TV duties and her show that she executive produced, The Jump, has now been canceled. Um, So, you know, we talked about maybe like two months ago or two and a half months ago when it was revealed that the audio of her you know, saying those relatively really um, unfortunate and gross um, and, quite frankly, racist comments about uh, Maria Taylor. Uh, so I guess ESPN finally decided to do something about it. Um, who knows if it was about money or anything else? But the reason why we want to bring this up um, is, unfortunately, Ethan Strauss, formerly of The Athletic, and now of his own sub stack um, has expressed his opinion about it. Um, I don't want to necessarily quote the whole thing, but to quote parts of it, he says, and I'm going to quote, the point of this post host isn't to drum up sympathy for Nichols, though I do like Nichols and personally wouldn't want to be in this particular maelstrom. This is more about how publicly facing people are tangled up in arbitrary etiquette where wherein grievances are cynically leveraged so that to achieve advancement then later um and then he says that um you know to notice that public incentives have treaded trended anti-human for a while now and then later says and i'm going to quote again the sin according to the media is that she's just not personally overwhelmingly ready to sacrifice her ambition at the altar of maria taylor's so he goes on for a couple of paragraphs about that. And, you know, a lot of people um, criticized him about it, but I-, I guess, does anyone have any sort of particular thoughts about Ethan Strauss and his comments on his subs um, stack about, um, I guess, the Maria Taylor slash Rachel Nichols situation?
2: Can somebody explain know. what he means? Like I, I don't get what he's saying. It's so like flowery (laughs) and he uses so many big words. I'm like, what are you saying, dude? (laughs) I don't know.
1: I, I think ultimately he's trying to say like, Hey, you know, we shouldn't be using years old, which at the time wasn't years old. It was a year old or not even a year old, actually audio that was suppressed by ESPN. Um, you know, indicating that Rachel Nichols was being racist about a fellow coworker, or at the very minimum, if I'm going to be nice about it, stereotypical about a fellow employee and say that, you know, she hasn't had enough credentials to do the work that she's doing. He's saying like, hey, it's not fair if people use these old comments. It's like those weren't old comments, like the reason why they're not aren't old because they were suppressed by ESPN. And then they decided to do something afterwards.
2: So he's complaining about people being mean and not fair. And he's not like getting to the heart of the matter about what she said. He's just like, we shouldn't be doing these things based on old things that we uncovered rather than like addressing what was actually said and why it was hurtful. I don't even know that.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit, but. i i I don't necessarily give him as much of the benefit of the doubt especially when someone like um who else said something silly but especially since a lot of the more um well-known folks like whitlock responding that oh this is interesting later on in that thread before i think he deleted it later on but I just, I just find it very interesting. If we're going to use his term terms, that instead of like sort of understanding or wanting to explain the context, and then maybe having an explanation of what's going on, he wants to say like, "Hey, we're being inhuman to folks who." during their working hours while they had the camera on themselves, they said something racist about their coworker, but maybe that's just me.
3: Yeah, it is just him. And Rachel should have assumed that every mic was hot. Th- th- all of this was on her. And as far as Ethan's comments, th- this is par for the course for him right now, because he's been having a right wing slant for about a while so none, it's it's disgusting, but no, I'm not surprised.
1: Yeah, it's just unfortunate what's going on, but I, I think it's probably worth talking real fast that Rachel Nichols no longer will be on the jump, and the jump doesn't exist anymore. Which I think I speculated since I said he she was the executive producer. Like folks didn't want to believe me in that, but you know. What am, yeah, do you I think were.
3: about is what I'm what I'm really curious about is what's going to take its
1: place. What should take its place? I don't know. Do any of y'all have any thoughts about that?
0: I want to say this. When Giannis (laughs) Giannis was getting interviewed, I think, was it after the finals? And Rachel Nichols asked him a question. Was it after the finals? And he looked back and he said, oh, Rachel, like, he just kind of was surprised. I think that a lot of NBA players, of course, would side with Maria Taylor just because, you know, NBA is mostly black and it just makes sense. But I think, I don't know how the athletes took to her after that. And maybe ESPN saw that the athletes weren't taken to her as much as they used to because, you know, Rachel Nichols was a very respected person for ESPN. So, once you do that, but Maria Taylor is also a very respected woman. Well, she was for ESPN, now NBC. Uh, she made a quick transition in 24 hours. She was on the Olympics with Mike Tirico. So, hey, shout out to you, sis. Go get the bag. I ain't mad at it. But I wonder if the players had something to do with that transition for Rachel Nichols. Because it seemed like every time she interviewed a player after that happened, it was a little more uncomfortable. It looked a little uncomfortable for me. I don't know how you guys felt about that.
3: You know, that's something I haven't even noticed. And I think I, I remember what you're talking about. I think it was right after when the Bucks won, and Rachel asked something. I I can't. I mean, I I barely remember. But I I I um. I know. Giannis what you're talking just, about. Yeah, Yanis just look. He was surprised. He was
0: like. Oh, Rachel? Like, he was like, what? Like, Because, you know, they kind of took her off of certain things. Like, they took off the finals and put Nicla- Malika Andrews on, which I think was amazing. And what she's done in a short span of time, I'm like, dang, I wh- where was my 20s at? Like, dang, I didn't do none of that in my 20s. But I am so happy was, for her. It was Malika. Yeah, Malika. Malika Andrews, yeah. Yeah. Put her on the finals instead. And I like that. I love that. And so I think Maria Taylor probably would have did the finals if, you know, this didn't happen. We all know she would have get the finals and things like that, but it was good to see. I like to see black reporters in that position because the players, I think feel very comfortable with them because they're like a sister to them or like a cousin to Like it's, they just relate it's to common,
3: them. It's common experiences.
0: Yes. They relate to them more. Um, I'm not saying there's anything against white reporters. I'm not saying that before people take it out of context. I'm not saying it at all. But I do like to see different shades of skin on the sidelines. And I'll just say that I like to see a variety and a mix of, of different people on the sidelines. But the Rachel Nichols thing, I wonder what took ESPN so long to eventually just say, you know what, I think we're just gonna part ways.
1: Yeah. And What's I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if it's also related to um, one of the things that we also missed, which just came in my head, is about the fun and exciting, um, you know, the CAA, the agencies, as well as Clutch Sports being in some controversy um, as well. Like, it, it seems as though there's a lot of, and I, I don't know, if I, I didn't realize this until recently, that Rachel Nichols was a client of Clutch. Did you know, did you all know that? Client of CAA, yeah, but, but Clutch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she's a she's a client of Clutch, which I did not realize that. Which is like a whole entire thing. CAA. Yeah. No, she's not a part of CAA, but a lot of ESPN, um, uh, folks are part of CAA. Mm-hmm. So it, that's one thing that's very. I feel like it borders on unethical, just in my opinion, um, to have media folks in the same, you know, agencies as these players and not really having regulations for that. I mean, I'm not saying that they have to go to a different agency itself, but like if you're getting scoops because you are a part of x or y you know x y or z agency i, I think that's sort of ugh, but maybe that's just me there has to be a conflict of interest there right yeah
3: exactly it, it is a conflict of interest but that sort of thing with the emergence and the rise of access journalism which is what this is mm-hmm. uh, you know it it doesn't matter now it's, it's new rules now when I was in J school, I, I didn't hear of any of that. We, we've we've heard of, you know, ethics and what you can and can't do, but that don't even matter right now.
1: Yeah, but you have to also think that a lot of these folks aren't exactly, you know, young folks that are just coming into are coming into the you know journalism game. Rachel Nichols certainly isn't, and. Oh, uh,
3: they're old enough to know better.
1: Yeah, it's just unfortunate if we're getting to that point where folks would rather ignore their, you know, ethics or ignore their journalistic integrity for, you know, trying to get scoops. But I don't know. Hopefully something is, you know, I, I hope it doesn't get worse before it gets better. It, I guess is all I could say about it.
0: Yeah, that that topic is a sensitive subject. Because, you know, I just, it always sticks to the back of my mind. Like ESPN took their time. I guess they did their due, due, did their due, due, due diligence. diligence. Yes. Come on, Amber, tongue-tied. Did their due diligence before they let her go? Because they weren't able to let her go. And I think they I don't know if they felt media pressure, but you know, when she came back on the jump, her her co-hosts backed her and her co-hosts are all black. So they made me Mm -hmm. scratch my head because a lot of mainstream journalism, I guess you can say, if you work for ESPN, you got to fall in line with ESPN, right? You just kind of got to fall in line with what they do and what they believe in, but that takes away from what you do and what you believe in. Then it kind of is a little contradictory. And I think Jamel Hill, when she left ESPN and she was able to be herself Cause she said she couldn't be herself at ESPN. It was killing her on the inside. So either you're a puppet and you play their game or you just, you, you do your own thing. So that's kind of, I think that's what people are realizing that you can go out and, and make your own brand. You don't need a big brand to become yourself. And I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of folks just, you know, Anyone, I mean, I I guess, you know, I used to work for a very, very well known company. And a lot of times it's just like, you know, I'm not going to use my example, because I don't want to give sensitive information about myself. But essentially, when you get hired there, like, I think it causes your eyes to be like, very much Like, you know, you feel like, you you achieve something once you get to that industry level where you can say, I work at X, Y, and Z, really well-known household name um, location. Um, And it's hard to say like, hey, I'm not going to do that. But I I think now that more people know about what's going on and there's more opportunities, even though it includes that access journalism, like you were mentioning, Janelle, it, it, it at least allows people alternate ways besides having to go to an ESPN or another large organization to become well-known and have prestige of your own. Speaking of the news, you guys know I most recently moved to Philadelphia and
0: a certain player, a certain all-star, all-NBA player. Yes, he did make an all-NBA team. Ben Simmons. We know that Philly has pretty much given up on Ben Simmons. But I want to know, before I dive into it, I want to know what you guys think. Could you guys throw out some scenarios of teams that Ben Simmons could possibly go to? Brittany, you probably could do it with the cap situation because you know the cap situation. Uh, Janelle, of course, your team, Golden State's been in the rumblings about Ben. And also, Tara, your team. Portland Trailblazers have been in the lens about Ben too. So I want to know what you guys think. Since Philly is done with Ben Simmons, I want you. I want to know what you guys think about the teams he could potentially go to and be successful and kind of get his confidence back.
3: Well, I think that wherever Ben goes, you know, there he is. Unless he changes his mentality and his work, if, the, if he could go to Golden State. Portland it could be it be the same thing he had to get over whatever his issues are and sometimes a change of scenery isn't I mean in of itself isn't the answer you know if he had to be willing to put in the work and you know from what I've been seeing of him for these past few years he's he, he don't do it you know um he he have his his videos or whatnot but it really doesn't translate when it's time to play. But regardless of wherever he goes, he, he has to really sort things out and decide on what kind of player he's comfortable
2: being before he go anywhere. Well, uh, speaking as the person whose team had the best Vegas odds as of yesterday <laughs> for a Ben Simmons trade, there's a lot of talk in Portland about Ben Simmons support line. I don't know if it's the right, um, if it's the right fit. I have also heard that uh Minnesota would might be a destination for him. The thing is, is that I'm wondering about for you all, is that like does he get to say I I'm not coming to training camp and I want to go to one of these three teams in California? Like I, I feel like he doesn't really have a lot of leverage in this situation, but maybe I'm being naive. I, I have no, I, I have no idea. You would think that he has
3: leverage, but you know, ultimately, Maury is going to do what's best for his team. You know, and as far as White. the war side of it, there's been a lot of rumblings for us, but nothing really serious and solid. You know, since they had this ridiculous proposal about Simmons for Wiseman and, and the draft picks and all. We haven't really had any serious talks. And if there was any serious talks when it comes to us, we would either have to give up Wiggins or Draymond. And according to Anthony Slater, you know, I don't really – I mean, it's not really happening.
2: I guess you know, from uh, – on like on a basketball – it it may seem like way too simple. And so you'll have to explain this to me, but it seems to me like Ben Simmons for Draymond, like replacing Draymond with Ben Simmons seems like it would make the most sense basketball wise as somebody who doesn't like need to shoot. Yes. Because virtually they're, they're the same player
3: as far as, you know, what they bring defensively and as far as being a playmaker other than scoring they're they're basically the same Mm -hmm. The argument for, Simmons being a better fit for Golden State is that, you know, he's younger and he's more athletic and, you know, whenever he does score, you know, his percentages are very high. But the thing is he's scoring in the paint, you know, whenever he decides to shoot. I, I guess and, it and offers vertical space and, but um, it's good for the regular season. But what you – don't realize is that you know the, the continuity and the iq and especially when it comes to the playoffs that's what the warriors would be missing in draymond and again with draymond i mean you know some people think that he is just totally washed and i i don't he he was a runner up for D, defensive player of the year you know and he still has something left In him as far as scoring goes he yes he had to do better at
2: least eight to ten points per game and I don't see why he couldn't do that yeah it seems like that you know the thing that he struggles with the most the pressure would sort of be off him for that Uh, what I'm kind of been thinking about a lot lately is of course like Portland is just completely consumed with discussions about uh you know, other teams thinking, other people outside of the region thinking that Dame should be traded to Philadelphia. That to me is like a non-starter, but CJ to Philadelphia makes a lot of sense to me. I think CJ would be beautiful in Philadelphia. Not that I think that I want, you know, not that I'm asking and advocating for CJ to be traded, but I've also started thinking about a three-team trade where Draymond only ultimately ends up in Portland because like Draymond and Dame have been spending so much time together, they've really been. Maybe Draymond's at the wedding, but you know, obviously CJ's at the wedding too. But I, I, I could see, uh, you know, less of a straight, you know, one to one trade. Even though the money works pretty well, I could see them maybe looking for uh, a three-way, three-team trade where somehow Draymond ends up in Portland and but Simmons ends up. But
3: Draymond, Draymond. ain't ain't going anywhere. I don't think the Warriors are willing to part with Draymond. They don't – the talks between the Warriors and the Sixers for Ben Simmons have been pretty much a mute point if you have read Anthony Snater's article about it. So, you know, I I don't see it. And, yes, Draymond have kind of threw the organization under the bus with that KD interview, but this isn't the first time that that's happened. And maybe – and, and maybe Dre is trying to recruit Dame to come home. I mean, you, you just don't know. You you just don't know about these things.
2: People have said that. They don't have, that makes no, why would Dame, like Dame alongside mm-hmm. Steph Curry makes no sense to me. What am I missing? Dre, <laughs> Draymond and Ben Simmons don't make sense. Well, I know that's why I'm saying that like Draymond would go to Portland. Ben Simmons would go to Golden State. CJ would go to 76ers. I know that there's a discrepancy in the uh, contracts between Draymond and the other two, but um, I just getting Dame to Oakland, I get coming home, but putting him alongside Steph Curry doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Offensively, yes.
3: Defensively. Offensively, it, it, offensively, offensively, it makes a lot of sense. It Offensively, it'll be crazy. I mean, once you get Clay back from Christmas, It makes sense offensively. Defensively, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense, yeah.
2: But wait, explain to me, because everybody's been telling me for the last six years that Dame and CJ make no sense next to each other. And I know that CJ and Steph are not the same player, but they're both, like, extremely offense-minded, great play. Like, I I guess why does – except for the fact that Steph is, like, you know, a two-time MVP, like, why does playing alongside – Steph makes so much more sense than playing alongside CJ or is it solely because, you know, Steph is just so good.
0: Yeah, Steph is in a different, they're in different categories. It's different levels, right? CJ is a great player, but he's not Steph. You see what I'm saying? Like, and I think Steph and Dame, may compliment each other. Like CJ and Dame compliment each other. But just imagine having to guard both of those players that could stretch the floor like they do. Or like that. That is just, that would be a headache. That would be such a headache. And you know, you got the defensive wings behind you in Wiggins. And of course you got Wiseman, you would have Moody, and then you would have Kamiga. Yeah, you got all that defense behind you, but you got two little guards, but you got all that defense behind you. And Steph is one of the leaders and steals in the NBA as well. You know what I mean? I know he's a small guy, but he's very smart defensively. And he knows um, his limitations on defense, but he has very quick hands. So I admire that about
3: Steph. And Sometimes his quick hands get him in a lot of foul foul trouble, too. Yeah, But he didn't have that problem this season. When you look at that, it's like, how do you guard that? Like, how do you
0: possibly guard Dane and Steph in the backcourt together? Like, that would be a nightmare every single night. Not to mention Clay whenever he comes back. Yeah, so that's three shooters. Like, right there, you're like, oh, crap. You know what I mean? It was – I'm not comparing Dame to KD, but it's like when you look at the Warriors and you saw KD, Steph, and Clay, you're like, oh, my goodness. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, uh,
2: so that would be- Who do they trade for? So who would come back to Portland? I mean, I know Picks would come back to Portland, but, like, money-wise, because Dame makes – $50 million a
0: year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know if he could... I mean, Bob Myers would figure something out. If, if if he wanted it to happen, and if Draymond wanted it to happen, they would probably figure something out. I know Steph just signed that new Max deal. Um, Clay's still on his deal, and Draymond's still on his deal, if I'm thinking correctly, but I don't think Bob Myers is opposed to p- paying that much money over the cap. I mean, they have the money to do it, but... Who knows? But I'm just saying, it would be a crazy scenario. It would be a very crazy scenario. But it works, especially if you have that defense behind
2: you. It works. Well, I want to know what the word is on the street in Philadelphia about Ben Simmons. And do people, yeah, what's going on there? So,
0: you know, if you guys don't know, Highway 7, 7, 676, which is Highway 76 that goes into Central Philadelphia. Uh, they call it Central Philly. Center City is what they call it. We call it downtown Oklahoma City. They call it something different. That highway that goes there, it runs east and west. It flooded. It flooded because of the aftermath, all the raining from Hurricane Ida. Send prayers out to everybody on the East Coast. And of course, prayers out to everybody in Louisiana as well, dealing with, you know, the aftermath of Hurricane Ida. But it flooded. So on the Philadelphia news, there was a trash can floating along the, you know, the highway. And the guy on news, on the news, the sports reporter, he said, there goes Ben Simmons floating out of Philadelphia. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Oh. That is awful. And I said, oh, my goodness. And they were just cracking up a laugh and like, yeah, he's done in Philly. Like, we don't want him here anymore. Like, when Philadelphia is done with you, they are done with you. Their fan base is crazy. New York and Philadelphia, two crazy fan bases. So, Philadelphia pretty done with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is pretty done with Philadelphia. Uh, the news is taking him through the ringer. People around Philadelphia are taking him through the ringer. A guy came and put my my dresser together. He was like, yeah, Ben is done. He's done. Like, we don't want him here. I was like, oh, and that's just pretty much the word around town is they don't want him here. He doesn't want to be here, which I saw that coming. And yeah. I don't know where he goes, though. I'm trying to think of where he goes. I thought he would play this season, but once he cut all communication with the Philadelphia 76ers organization, I was just like, yeah, he's done. So, who is their starting point guard? Do they go get a point guard? They make Maxi the starting point guard? I don't know. But we'll see.
2: Yeah, I've seen, so I've, I've like I said, I've heard some talks about Minnesota as being a possible destination. And when you think about him alongside Carl Anthony Towns providing some defense there, would be awesome. Um, and of course, of course, I've heard tons of like Lillard. But who else have you heard in the conversation in Philadelphia about, um, or have you heard any? Or Britt, have you heard any other possibilities?
1: Um, I mean, I think when it comes to a trade with Ben Simmons, like folks are saying, a lot of it is like the contract is really big, especially you know for what they're wanting to get in return. To be honest, I think it's probably going to be something between um, Portland and or Golden State and the 76ers. But uh, when that happens, I don't think it'll happen immediately. I do think Simmons is going to have to play like they're going to start finding him if he doesn't play. He doesn't have to be he doesn't have to go to training camp. That's optional. So he, he won't get fined until the first game of the season. That's when the NBA can start fining him um, for not attending games. And I guess it would be not just him, but fining the 76ers if they try to sit him down. Um, if folks remember when that happened with um, Anthony Davis. So if, Anthony Davis and the Pelicans. Um, The NBA doesn't really like for folks to be sat down if there's not a, excuse me, injury situation or something else that's related to that. Um, so as for, you know, who may traded for Ben Simmons, I, I don't know. I, I think ultimately it's going to take a team getting really desperate and then they'll go ahead and trade for him for around, I think it would probably be less than what Daryl Morey and the 76ers front office is asking for, but it, it will probably be, you know, a a significant amount and then um most likely a third team like Oklahoma City who has a million picks i guess maybe the rockets who have a quite a number of picks they'll you know come in and help support when it comes to the you know like the smaller bits as a third or fourth team but i i, I, I think that considering that Simmons is getting completely ridiculed um Daryl Morey and um Doc Rivers have said things you know previously that didn't haven't necessarily made Simmons look good I think that relationship is more or less ruined at this point so it's not a matter of if he's going to be traded it's just a matter of when
0: I agree I think it might take a third team I know doesn't Minnesota have picks I know they would have have to probably give up below
1: I mean and- they're going to have to give up either I mean I don't think they'll give up Cat, but it would It'd definitely be D'Lo. Yeah, Um, D'Lo and some picks. I think they have picks. Don't they have Yeah, they have some picks, but I think their salary cap are there. The contracts don't necessarily match either. That's why I I really think there's probably going to be a third team that is involved with this situation just because of the – Contracts involved like if Simmons was didn't sign that you know extension relatively recently then it'd be one thing but him signing that extension it it just makes it hard from a salary perspective just to make a one-to-one trade unless you're in the you know port your um, CJ or um, Dame or your um, Draymond (laughs) those are essentially are the you know the teams that have matching contracts so yeah.
2: It's not going to be Dame. I'm yeah, just it's not gonna be Dame. saying they it won't. is not going to be Dame. And I would also just want to go on the record of saying the 76ers would be so lucky to get CJ. Like, I think people don't understand, like, I think he's a perfect fit. Again, not trying to trade him away, but I just think he would be such a great fit in Philadelphia.
1: I do too. And I don't, I think Maury wants picks too, doesn't he? Didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think there's going to be a third team involved because yes, the Minnesota does have some picks, but I think considering that they lost their picks last season and they're always in a rebuilding situation, it, it, they probably don't want to necessarily want to give up picks. The other thing too, is that picks are like essentially ways to allow for teams to do trades so if you're at a point where you don't have any more picks anymore then you're essentially don't really have a way to fully facilitate a trade in this um, current NBA market so I don't think that Minnesota is going to give up all their picks or all their first rounders or second rounders whatever to get um, Ben Simmons that's why I think there's going to be a second team or a third team involved and that team will get you know whoever they want to trade for like a, you know, a rotational player or whatever. And then some picks, which sort of narrows it down to like Houston, maybe being involved or Oklahoma city, but that's just my opinion. I think
0: in new Orleans too, new Orleans has picks. And- um, yeah.
1: They do have some picks, but I, I don't, feel as though unless there's someone maybe like if they're trying to get maxi. But I feel like the Pelicans are really going in with trying to build a team that can make the playoffs with Zion. And I don't necessarily think if they're going to be like the third team in a trade that makes potentially one um, of their, or I guess one or two of their Western conference, um, you know, other Western conference teams getting better. I don't think they'll necessarily get
2: involved with that. Hmm. Yeah, great point. Portland does not have picks. So they will yeah. definitely have to have a third team if they're gonna be involved. And also, just like uh I just looked up Draymond is at sixteen and a half million basically, and CJ's at thirty, and um Ben Simmons is at like thirty-three. So Draymond is would not be a you know, they ha- there would have to be more in there. Yeah. I mentioned Draymond because what he... it is.
1: Yeah, it would get Draymond a or it would get um, Golden State a lot closer because um, I don't necessarily think they're going to trade um, Clay, which Wiggins. definitely has a cl- Wiggins um, Wiggins potentially. But does um, those Sixers want to essentially get someone who? Is like the offensive version of. Um, I mean, I, I know Wiggins got better. I, I'm sort of joking about that on the defensive end, but um, in some ways, is like the offensive version of Simmons coming back to them. I mean, that's just a question I have. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're going to have to either use Wiggins or Draymond and or both to sort of facilitate or facilitate a trade. Um, so. And I mean maybe clay, but I don't think so. I, I feel like they're I, not. I don't do think that.
3: so on clay,
1: but um there they were
3: talks about the picks, you know, for yeah, Wiseman as well.
1: But the picks and, don't count towards like actual salary. Like you have to actually use contracts for salary. You can't use just picks for that. So you can put a million picks, they don't actually count towards that. It's just Yeah,
3: I, I know, but you know, just adding into into the picks with either Draymond or
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. There's definitely going to be picks involved, which is why I, I think that there's going to be a third team involved, unless, you know, uh, you know, the one of the teams that I mentioned or some other random team decides like, Hey, when a mortgage the farm, so to speak, and give up all our picks and have no other ways to try to get anyone else without involving a third team at a later point. So it's going to be a complicated situation, but I think it's just a matter of when and how desperate teams get before
2: a, a trade is actually executed. By desperate, you mean the 76ers being desperate, right? Because Not like everybody
3: else is like, no, nobody else. Desperation is what the Sixers are betting on.
2: Yeah, that's
3: why they're the so ones who have a player who doesn't want to play. play.
1: Well, the thing is that during the you know, I, I I would point it to like the Rockets and the Harden situation last year. Like ultimately, the the. Nets got desperate enough to essentially get, you know, a third and eventually a fourth team to assist them with getting picks because they were losing games and also the um, Kyrie situation, which I don't think we have to address again, but, um, but I, I think that once they realize like, Hey, we're not, we need to get to a certain point in order to get into a spot to be in good playoff position, you know, a team will ultimately try to do that, especially if the team is desperate to get into the playoffs And Portland. I'm sort of like 50, 50 on if they're that desperate, especially since they're hamstrung on their salary cap situation and pick situation. Um, so they would have to bring in their team golden state, maybe more so because the ages of their top players, um, And essentially, you know, having one or two more seasons, whether or not even making the playoffs is not going to help Steph or anyone else on that team. So if like, you know, halfway through the season or towards the trade deadline, if, you know, either one of those teams are, you know, floundering in the seventh or eighth seed or even like potentially out of the playoffs, they could be desperate enough to try to get to, you know, try to execute a deal with Simmons. And I think that's what Maury and the rest of the, 76ers front office is expecting
0: Uh, I just how can he leverage his way to get to a contender is the real question does he have any kind of leverage Ben Simmons I'm talking about or is it just whatever happens happens at this point
1: I mean, he doesn't have leverage per se, but it's a player's league at this point. I mean, you can look at the Harden example, which I'll bring up again. Like, he didn't have any leverage. He had multiple years left in his contract, just like Simmons. But he, you know, played around. He went to parties without masking um, during the middle. Well, we're still in the middle of the pandemic, unfortunately still. Um, but, you know, during, you know, one of the high levels of the pandemic, he, you know, said that this won't work and threw his teammates under the bus right before he was traded. Like at this point, people are using that example, the AD example and, you know, all these other examples that have come before this situation to say, like, hey, if I mess around and do things that make it untenable for the team to be successful during the season, I'll eventually get traded. So that's my sort of point of view on it.
0: Well, ladies, we have a transition we're going to make from one East Eastern Conference team to another. How are we feeling about the Nets and their roster moves? Also, we're going to go to the West and give our thoughts about the Lakers and their roster moves. Will these experiments work or will they fail? What are you guys thinking about that?
1: I just find it unfortunate that the super teams are returning again after a brief a hiatus. Um I think that if they both get to the finals, since only one team can get to the finals, then it it should be a success. I think even though people will clown around and say like, Hey, this, you know, this team failed because they didn't win a finals. Like only one team can do that. Um, It's a pretty good accomplishment to win the Eastern or Western conference, even if you don't win the finals. But I just find it very, very unfortunate that we're having these, you know situations where large market team oh I I won't say large market destination market teams can leverage everything under the sun to get you know some of the best players and everyone else essentially just feels like oh it's you know it's just going to happen eventually that they meet during the NBA finals unless there's some devastating injury um, concerns that happen so I think it's going to be fine for both of them but if they don't both make the finals then it's probably going to be a lot of folks um, ripping on them (laughs) considerably um, I would say especially on the net side but uh, probably equally so for the Lakers side as well.
2: So the way I look at it with the Nets, I feel like they're doing it because they have legitimate, like injury concerns with their really good players. Like I, I feel like they are actually constructed with some, Mostly thought about why you know why they've built in their redundancies. I mean, it's a little weird, but I I feel like it's more real than like LeBron's team, which is just like everybody he invited to his birthday party. Like I, I just I think what's going on in Brooklyn makes more sense to me than what is happening in LA. And what I'm trying to figure out from LA is that like I think I'm really really super curious to see if just like if you had raw talent enough to be, you know, an all-star in 2012, (laughs) if you have so much raw talent and even if you're older and, you know, you can't move as fast, like can you still work together and build something that is, you know, that can beat anybody And I'm not 100% sure that they can. I'll probably be wrong. But also, I kind of look at it and I just think, I don't know. I I just feel like, you know, I don't know that they could beat, you know, Giannis again. Or, you know, that they could beat Giannis if it's just like... You know, bring all my friends to the team and sure, like some of us are no spring chickens and we don't have the same bounce that we used to. But we know so much about basketball that we can make it work versus, you know, a team like uh, Milwaukee, who's been building, building, building like on purpose and consciously. And we saw what they could do like around one superstar with a really solid supporting cast. I'm just fascinated to see what happens.
1: But, I mean, I think the one thing with Milwaukee, and I don't know if this, like, is me being a hater, so you can say that or not, is that they got a lot of luck last Mm -hmm. season when it came to injuries. Like, they literally did not play a single team during their playoff run that did not have a major injury to one of their star players. Like, that has to be said and i don't think that's a bad i don't think it's necessarily like a horrible thing um but it's something that has to be sort of caveat i i don't i'm not saying that they should get like a asterisk i think that's silly like they played ultimately the teams that were ahead of them but to say that he Or, you know, Giannis has enough, especially since they let P.J. Tucker go and he was only asking for a couple, a million more than he wanted. And they brought in, like, less talented, in my opinion, folks. Although, you know, you could say Tucker is potentially washed, but whatever. Um, But I'm sort of going to put, like, a wait and see when it comes to Milwaukee. And I'm willing to be wrong, wrong about that. As for the Nets and... The Lakers, like I, I just feel like it's it's unfortunate that we have to see this again and again, especially since you know so many of the, but you know I, I think you're right, Tara, that the um the nuts had injury issues that happened, which now they're trying to build off of that and it makes a lot more sense logically, but for the Lakers to just go and sign a ton of folks for the veteran minimum that you know could potentially held their own team in a lot of ways um well at the very least you know be able to be competitive on another team that just makes me really sad
2: i guess i see like the lakers i first for one thing i think is that every year luck is an important part of winning a championship and i think you know Look at the, I think, you know, and I hate to say luck when it also, when often luck means injuries, Um, but like, it's really hard to win a championship and everything has to go right in order to win a championship. And I just feel like the collection of players in, in LA was more like, let's just get all our friends together and see what happens And like these guys all have been around and they're good enough that they have a lot of confidence that they can get it done. But when you look at it, like how much more does, you know, Trevor Ariza have to give how much more do some of these guys have? And like, I don't know. I just, I'm not that mad about it, I guess. And I'm not saying that you're mad about it. I'm, I'm more curious about it. And I'm sort of fascinated to see what happens Yeah,
1: I'm not really mad about it. It's just sort of disappointing. And it goes back to the ring culture thing that I really have a dislike about. Like so many of these guys are going to these teams and teaming up in this way because for a lot of fans, a ring, um, which is a team concept because only one team can win that is sort of equivalent to having a ton of individual are is even more significant than individual contribute, um, contributions. I think that they're not really treated as equal. That's why, you know, last year when I was really, you know, sad about James Harden leaving, I I feel like if there wasn't as much pressure, like ultimately, yes, they, you know, folks are going to leave and go to teams, but if there isn't, um, wasn't as much pressure, like midway in your career or um, to go to another team and win a ring when only so many, you know, players can win a ring in the NBA period that hurts the league. Like, instead of saying like, Hey, we're going to focus on both team contributions and individual contributions and having legitimate arguments in that way. Um, We just, like, say, oh, this person won a ring, therefore they're better than this other person who may not have won a ring because they weren't in the right place at the right time.
2: Yeah, I like your right place at the right time uh, way of looking at it. I think a lot of, yeah. (laughs) Um, Who was it who won, uh, who went from Golden State to Cleveland? Anderson Vergeau? Was it he? (laughs) Who who won a ring no matter where he played? (laughs) Yes, yes, it, it was
1: Vergeau. yeah. And then also, who was was it? it Um, What's his name? Uh, Who was also from the Warriors? Who like won three championships in a row after going to yeah McCall, like like stuff like that. You can't like if if you're saying like a you know a um, rotational player. If that when it comes to a lot of those players are better than someone else who was a main contributor on a team because they just want a ring. That's what's really unfortunate about the current, you know, cycle of discussion with the NBA. And I think if we can eventually sort of cool that off, that could allow for some players to not feel as motivated to go to a team right at 30, if they haven't won a ring yet.
3: Here's my daughter. Here's my thought about these super teams. It it just seems like in this era, I kind of wonder if, you know, super teams and and teaming up the way that they are is kind of inevitable because there's so many players who have known each other from AAU days, you know, and since, you know, I think it was Dwayne Wade that said that right now it's, it's all about relationships and how, and how that impacts the dynamics of team building it, it just seems like it's inevitable and and it it shouldn't even be that way i mean it's it's a good thing as far as i guess maximizing that window that championship window of, of whatever team but ultimately you know when it's a foregone conclusion it just you know takes away from the game so to speak I got breaking news guys about Benson
0: all right, here we go. Really, Ben, ben Simmons could be fined up to one point three million oh. for skipping Sixers training camp per Wendy, which is Brian Windhorse. If you don't know that, the Simmons side has told me we are prepared for the ramification.
1: Wow. Hmm. Well, I didn't realize they could actually find him for training camp. That must be new, or maybe the team is finding him and not the league. Which is it? The, the team, team or the
3: or the league itself? They didn't say.
0: The report did not say, but there'll probably be more details to come, ladies. All right.
1: Yeah, so I'm assuming, and I could be completely wrong because I was wrong earlier, by the way, maybe as a tangent for my wrongness, Uh, Rachel Nichols is still at CAA. Um, Sorry about that earlier in the show. So in case you have already sent that email criticizing me for that, then you can um, send a reply. Um, I do know that she's still at CAA. But anyway, I, I would not. I, I'm sort of surprised that he could be fined that much, unless it's just the team. And I know teams can find can find players up to 50k per infraction um, without having it be um, having it go to the. Um, National Basketball Players Association. So I wonder if they're going to leverage that or if the league is going to do that. It, it'd be interesting to hear more once we know more about that.
0: I agree. I just saw it on Twitter and it came from Brian Windhorst. So I trust him. I trust Wendy. So.
2: <laughs> I wonder if the league has come up with new rules or something to, or if they are if they haven't already are thinking about coming up with something um, for, for, uh, to try to prevent this type of situation because now it's happened, you know, first Anthony Davis did it and then James Harden did it and now Ben Simmons is, has done it. So I wonder if uh, in the future, probably have to be figured out within the CBA, but yeah. if they're going to try to do something to figure it out and who will be shepherding that through but Portland's own CJ McCollum. Which is why I feel like they switched to someone who, I mean, I, I think CJ
1: is a pretty big star but he's not like a superstar level or maybe i mean i I guess he's like well known i I don't know how to classify cj he's not a a
2: superstar yeah like he's a really good basketball player yeah he's also a brilliant mind
1: Super smart so uh, i feel i mean i've been saying this for a while and i feel like i i'm always beating a I don't want to say a dead horse because that's really mean, but I'm just saying things again and again, but I I really feel like there's going to be like a strike or a lockout because there are a lot of issues with the, you know, a lot of sides that have very, I guess, like very complex issues that are going on. And in two years, there's an option for a mutual lockout or mutual opt out of the, um, CBA, so we'll see how it goes. Um, but, uh, but uh, for your question, um, Tara, they would have to agree, the basketball or the um, players' union would have to agree with the NBA on making additional rules to force him to go to training camp. Um, so, I don't necessarily think they're going to do that, <laughs> um, but you it know- could happen.
2: But in the last CBA, the last or the last contract, as I recall, one of the criticisms, even though Chris Paul did an amazing, uh, you know, a huge, amazing body of work. One of the criticisms that I had heard about the last CBA was that the, 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 the like so-called middle class mm-hmm. of the, you know, who make the majority of the league didn't come out of it as well as the uh, guys who were set to make the very most money. Yeah, uh, and CJ kind of represents that middle middle even though okay looking at his contract aside but like in terms of like notoriety and stardom and everything maybe he'll have a little bit more advocacy for that middle group I don't know maybe I'm yeah. being a Pollyanna about it
1: I mean I, I think that it's a mixture of both like yes I, I think they brought I mean well first Chris Paul's tenure or his they have a maximum amount of year or Um, terms that a the president can hold the job so he he ran out of um, terms for his presidency so that's one but usually they would bring in like another like you know a major star or at least more recently so for them to bring a you know welly a really a relatively well-known person but not like this like a donis um or a zion or someone like relatively young but is like you know, superstar level. That's interesting. Um, but I I think, you know, there's two separate things. It's like one, are they going to be able to make changes to it now? Um, the CBA, uh, in order to, you know, punish Simmons or however they want to label it most likely not, but could I see them, you know, trying to do that as part of the um, collective bargaining um, discussions. I, I think, yes, they're definitely going to try to include measures to reduce the chance that players that are only one or two years into a four year contract um, can do without like major penalties um, in order to prevent the you know, to force a
2: trade by their team. It's so interesting. Can, can we switch? to Janelle and Amber if you want to say more on this but I would love to end on a happy topic that I have that I want to throw out there do you all have more to say about Ben Simmons
0: no I I don't have anything else from Ben Simmons just yet but next week I'm pretty sure I will
2: (laughs) have you guys been watching all of the footage from Damian Lillard's wedding it is the most (laughs) joyous wonderful thing I love it
1: his little twin babies are so cute that's the only thing I have to say
2: they are so cute and then their arrival in a little wagon was adorable i haven't seen any pictures of dame jr yet at the wedding
1: yeah i only saw the picture of like their family picture with all of them together but they're all i mean their entire family is super cute and Uh it's nice to see you know a happier moment um Although I think, well, I don't know if we want to get to the downside where folks are bashing him and using his playing ding- or games instead of, you know, I, I guess playing stat- stats instead of just leaving it alone. But it's just nice to see folks happy and celebrating a nice occasion.
3: I agree. And, you know, there's more to life than basketball. And, you know, and it, it, it was a nice wedding, it, you know, from what I've seen of the pictures, everything was just nice. And I might as well get to the to the criticism. Uh, NBA memes had this picture talking about the only ring Dame is getting. And I think that's just so unfortunate. I mean, the man just got married to to a woman that he has known since college and they have their little family. And, you know, basketball can wait. You know, and there's moments like that is is really what matters in the grand scheme of teams, things. Even Perk said that. He even said that's the only thing that matters. And for him to say that, and for a lot of people to echo those sent- sentiments, that's that means a lot. You know, these players. You know, you, They're. I like to say that they're ordinary people with extraordinary talents and abilities you know they're just as human as we are and so for people to just piss on that celebration is just really disgusting Yeah, know personally loved it for dame i love dame and that's
0: all i have to say it's beautiful he married his queen and they have a, the most beautiful family and i was just so happy when i saw it on twitter saw so draymond dancing and You know, being himself and being a little loose. I was like, okay, then, Draymond, I see you. But I love it for Dane. It made me smile.
1: Yep. I mean, there's really only one life to live, so might as well do the best thing you can, especially for these players who are, you know, they're usually for, what, three-fourths of the year away from their family and loved ones. So (laughs) we shouldn't be bashing them for, you know, having really good... Moments for themselves with the people it that is. they love.
2: The party looks so much fun. They had—I don't even know all of the people who stood up and sang. I know I recognize Common. I re- recognize Snoop. heaven um, Campbell of all people—that—that that was amazing. It just, like, I, I can't even imagine what that party must be like. It must. And, like, the other thing was, is, like, everybody kept changing clothes. Dame wore, like, five outfits that day. <laughs> he? He had. So he got married in, like, a tux. Also, Draymond's tux was so adorable. But um, Dame got married in a tux. And then he tra- changed into, he had another outfit that was, like, one of his suits that didn't have a shirt on. You know, but he wore pearls with it and it was like that so- freaked out. That- <laughs> so like- beautiful. And then I guess at the end of the night, everybody was wearing like customized um, Lillard or uh, customized Adidas Correct. sweatsuits that said yeah. Dame Time on the side of them. And then I saw another couple of outfits, probably I guess were from the night before from like the rehearsal dinner or whatever. But like it just, and Kayla had on this gorgeous dress. And then she and all her bridesmaids did this whole like, ex- like amazing production number that they sang together. And it just, the wedding looked so much fun. And like, I, I, I'm so glad. Like, I, I, like, I am a, like, I do not usually like show or share any emotion, but like, I'm on vacation right now and it's been like a hell of the last six months (laughs) and it's just been like, and I was watching that and I just started crying because it was so wonderful to see them enjoying their lives and living their best life. And even though they're in everybody's conversations and trade this and whether or not you're ever going to win another ring, get another ring and just like always being like to, to just like these guys just are just living their best lives, having their best time and just being who they are and allowed to just like be who they are and just be so beautiful. It was just such a fun thing to write. So if anybody needs to pick me up and wants to just go smile, you should see some of these players dancing and partying and singing. And they just seem like they're having a really wonderful time. And I'm so happy for them.
0: Well, um, any closing thoughts, ladies, before we end the show?
2: Get vaccinated, wear a mask. yes. <laughs> yes, please, please. Yes, do that for my mom, please, because she's a nurse. Oh, and my God. go Good for her. God bless her, man. Jesus, it's so hard out there right now. And, you know, in Oklahoma is one of those
0: states where they just refuse to say wear a mask. I mean, you don't have a mask mandate anywhere in Oklahoma. And Oklahoma is one of the leading candidates of the highest COVID rates and deaths. So there you have it. Our governor in Oklahoma, I have said this plenty of times, Governor and mayor are not on the same page in Oklahoma. And the mayor is like, okay, this is what we need to do. And the governor is like, no, this is what I want to do. So just imagine that. And people are just not being the smartest. I can't tell people how to live their lives. I really can't. But my mom's in the trenches every single day dealing with people who are not making the best decisions. But... Yeah. I applaud her for that. Now they're in the, now the, um, the emergency rooms are all full. They don't have the staff. Nurses are not, are burnt out. They're not, you know, they're quitting left and right. My mom says, and people are getting put in the hospital for horse, something that for horses. I don't know what it is. People are taking horse medicine or something. My mom was telling me.
1: Yeah. They're taking medicine that is used for, well, they're, It's a long story, but they're essentially buying a non-human version of a Mm de-warming medication to try to um, get better from a virus, which by the way, worms and viruses are not the same thing, but we can, um, we can talk about that offline.
0: Yeah, it's, my mom said it's getting ridiculous and every day is something new, something different that, you know, they can't even treat gunshot wound victims, They can't, there's a lot of things they can't treat, you know, because A, the beds are full from COVID, B, they don't have the staff and C, people are just not making smart decisions with their lives, you know, but I can't tell people how to live because I cannot judge people by the way they want to live their lives. But I just want people to be smart and think of others, but that's a lot to ask for from humanity, right?
2: Say thank you to your mother for us for all of her incredible work. I just, I don't know how healthcare workers continue. I don't either.
0: And I think she's in a place now with the type of job she has. She's a nurse, but she doesn't necessarily, you know, she doesn't work in ER, but she gets those ER patients to discharge and things like that. She's in a more relaxing role in her older age because I think she might have seven or eight years and she can retire. So she's in more relaxing role in her later years. So, but she still sees it every day, still sees it every single day because she has to deal with those patients in some type of capacity. Well, that's how we're ending our show. Sorry, Tara, to ruin your uh, high moment with the Lillards getting married, but Brittany, I appreciate that. Uh, Ladies, I appreciate that as well. I will let mother know your feelings. Please, guys, just be safe out there. If you're going to college football games, I know some people are demanding negative COVID tests and also they're demanding um, you being vaccinated to go to games. I know Made in America is here in Philadelphia. Uh, Jay-Z does Made in America every year. And it's here in Philly right now, and they have requirements to enter the concert, so, which is pretty good. But in Pennsylvania, there's a mask mandate everywhere. So you cannot walk anywhere or go anywhere without a mask. There's a mask mandate in my apartment complex as well. But I just want people to be safe out there, guys. Just be safe and just consider others. Um, if you don't want to get vaccinated, that is your personal choice. I'm not judging you for that. But at least, at least if you don't want to get vaccinated, at least wear a mask. If you are vaccinated, wear your mask. Social, social distance as much as possible wash your hands, wash your bodies. I've seen some celebrities saying they don't like taking showers every day. That is your personal choice, like I said, but you know, cleanliness is next to godliness. So God bless you. But that is the end of today's show. We really appreciate you guys for tuning in and we will be back next week with more great content.